0: you're listening to episode number two of the blissful prospecting podcast and today we're talking to morgan ingram from j barrow sales training about how we can use our personal brands to fill our sales pipeline hello hello jason bay here and you're listening to blissful prospecting a daily podcast for salespeople and sales leaders where we help B2B sales teams grow their outbound sales faster with more consistency. And what you're going to get from this podcast is interviews and daily tips every week to help you send better quality emails and make better cold calls so that you can land more meetings with your ideal clients. I'm super excited to talk with you today. One thing that's been on my mind a lot lately, uh, especially in the last six to 12 months, is personal brand. And what is a personal brand first off, <laughs> right? Everyone talks about a personal brand. One of the things I've always wondered is how the hell do you start a personal brand? Like what is your brand or what are some really tactical things that you can do to build it? And I think a lot of what we wanna know too as salespeople is what's the point of a personal brand? Because if it if it's not gonna help you actually grow your sales, it's a lot of work to build a brand. I'm always thinking about how can I leverage my brand to meet more people and make more sales. The cool thing is we're gonna to talk to Morgan Ingram today who is an expert, who, who I would consider an expert at least at personal branding. And he is one of the top people to follow on LinkedIn for sales. He was a uh, top sales voice last year in 2019 for LinkedIn. And I think he was on was like number three or four the year before. But the dude crushes it on LinkedIn. And one of the things that we're gonna talk about is how he's been so successful at just 27 years old. And what we're going to talk about that's pretty interesting is he's gotten a lot of this notoriety here in the last two or three years, but he's actually been working on his personal brand for the last 10 years. That was something I didn't know. The other thing too, that we're going to talk about is how a personal brand can be used when you're prospecting. So what are some practical ways to start building a personal brand? And then how can you use that to land meetings? And the last thing that we'll dig into that I always get a ton of value out of cause I know you love tactics if you're listening to this is he shares four outbound plays that you can run on LinkedIn to set more meetings. So if you've wondered about like LinkedIn audio or sending videos now you could do through the platform or should you put a message in the connection request or not like he's gonna run through three or four plays that are working extremely well for the, their clients to set more meetings. So make sure to tune in. You're really gonna enjoy this episode. I'm really excited to talk to Morgan. And before you do that, go to blissfulprospecting.com/slash two, the number two, and you're gonna find the show notes and a quick summary of everything along with links to check out Morgan's stuff. So make sure to check that out. And before we dig in, I got one favor to ask. If you enjoyed the episode today, please, please leave a review, an honest review, and subscribe to the show so that we can continue building the audience. Because in order to get more people on like Morgan, if we grow the show, we can get great guests on and continue adding value to you. So let me know what you think. Give us some feedback, and let's get into the interview. So we met in person for the first time when you came out to Austin. I don't know if you remember that uh, I do. workshop yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever you did there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And one thing I noticed was because I listened to, I found about out about you through John Barrow's podcast, Make It Happen mm-hmm. Monday, as I was a guest on there. So I've talked to John that one time and, and then kind of kept <laughs> yeah. in touch through email. But I always looked at what you were doing. I was like, honestly, kind of intimidated. I was like, Morgan's like just fucking killing it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I see he's going to be in Austin. I really want to meet him. So I just sent you an email. And what I found was really interesting is what you seem to do really well, man, that sticks out to me, and I think a lot of people want to know about is your personal brand seems very much in line with who you actually are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You were the same exact person. So unless you were totally faking it for like two or three hours, <laughs> we're hanging out. <laughs> you're like the person um, that you come across like on LinkedIn and like all your stuff. Yeah. So where did that like start? And maybe maybe a good place would be like, how did you how did you get into sales? Because I know there's an interesting story there.
1: So, so, there's, so there's two routes there: the personal brand or the or the sales, because those are two different stories. Well, I want to get
0: into let's let's start with your sales journey first, because yep. there's something that you put on your LinkedIn profile about personal branding that I I'm gonna like buggy about here.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So but yeah, let's let's like where did it where did it start? Because I know that personal branding wasn't a thing
1: for you at first, right? So personal branding was a thing before I even got into sales. Really? Yeah. It was something that I had been I've been studying for years now. Okay, so I, I completely got, got that so, wrong
0: then, man. Let's, yeah, let's, no,
1: yeah. So yeah. this is something that. So I it was I was uh seventeen six seventeen years old. My mom gave me a book called How to Get Your Dream Job, and in that book, it tells you you should be building an external and internal brand. So I was like, all right, I don't even know what that even means, but I started doing some research. And so the, what research led me to was The Rock. So you see WWE, you obviously see him in movies now. You, I saw, I think around that time, Gary Vaynerchuk wasn't as prevalent, but he, you know, he was around. He was making videos about personal branding and, and why that was important. And you know, other people like that, I kept seeing them pop up building their brand. Deion Sanders is an example of that. So I was just studying people like a brand, like what does brand even mean? And Should we even care about it? And so as I was studying it, I realized that personal brand is something that allows for people to relate to you, but also see what are you about and your skills and your talents, et cetera. Because at the end of the day, you could do a fantastic job in your role. But if no one knows that outside of your organization, you may not get as many at-bats as someone who's just more vocal. And so that's where the research started. And I read that book. And so from there, I ended up just reaching out to people that were, I wanted to be a sports agent. So I started to reach out to people that were sports agents in sports and started getting their advice on what I should do. And that's what really started my personal brand. And so I was doing videos. I was doing other types of topics before I even got into sales or SDR. I was already building a brand. I was learning how to do that. So this has been something from a brand standpoint that I've been learning for a, a long time as of right now. Probably that's what, 27 now, so 10 years. Damn,
0: okay. So your mom is your mom in sales? Like what is what is your mom? No, how did she have this insight to be like, hey, you need to develop a brand, Morgan? Uh, Yeah, um, I'm gonna be a superstar someday.
1: (laughs) I don't think I don't think it was even I don't think she was even giving it to me because of brand. I think she gave it to me because she knew that I could do something with it. So she knew that if I give Morgan this book, he's gonna read it and something will happen. It's the only way I was able to really. Correlate and go do something. If you told me to do something, I'm gonna be like, uh, okay. But if I read it, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and I have the exact formula of what to do. Then I then I'll go do it. My brain operates in formulas, and then if I see the formula, then I'll go out and do it.
0: So, how did your mom have the intuition? I'm just trying to put like I'm thinking like I'm when I'm 17, I'm a junior in high school, and I'm not yeah. <laughs> really even thinking about. I didn't even know at that point that I wanted to get into sales. Actually, yeah. So what?
1: Like, so, my, yeah, let's take it back. So, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's take it back. So, my mom I take, took us to the library when we were young. So, like, two, three years old. Like, every weekend, she would take us to the library. To, so, you've been
0: reading for your entire life. You've been going yeah. and been really interested in reading books. It was one thing when I was yeah. snooping around in your Instagram profile, which was definitely <laughs> stalking because I don't have an Instagram profile. I was like, this motherfucker reads a lot of books. It, especially, yeah. like,
1: a while ago. So, I read, so I read, I read a lot, and... I think the one thing I learned in that process is that I think when I, when I was in college and high school, I took the time to read those books, internalize them, take notes on them and execute on them. And then I got, and then I got overzealous and I read 250 books in one year. And I really did that just to say, Hey, I read 250 books in one year. I did learn some things from the books, but all that information, I, the reason I shoved that many down my throat is because I wanted to subconsciously take the information from the books and then have a flow from it, but I didn't really internalize it and execute on it because I just stopped taking notes and I just was reading them because I taught myself how to speed read. So but before I I taught myself, before I taught myself how to speed read, I really would internalize those books. And my mom took me to the book to the bookstore library when I was young. So I knew how to read and knew how to articulate myself just based on that.
0: Wow. So your mom was really a driving force, it sounds like, in like making sure that you had access to some of these books and like really encouraging Absolutely. you to That's super cool because my wife, Sarah, has a very similar story. She grew up in in Queens in New York, and her parents are immigrants, though, so they had that a little bit differently. But they would take her to the Barnes & Noble in the World Trade Center, actually, that doesn't, that's, are the, what used to be the World Trade Center. Yeah. And that's how she spent her weekends was reading, and that's how she learned how to speed read, too, because that was the only time that she could read books was if she went to the library or, like, went to Barnes & Noble because they never really bought a lot of books. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. So your mom is like, hey, here's like, check out this stuff on personal branding. And then how did you, like when you were looking at people to model, how did that translate into personal branding for sales? Did you have people that you looked up to and that we're doing sales and things like that or is it like hey the rock is like this badass guy he's got an awesome personal brand he's got this phrase do you smell what the rock is cooking yeah i need to yeah. come up with my
1: <laughs> you know that that was part of it so i watched WWE when i was growing up wwf right okay. that was like he was like the main guy do you but still watch that stuff i don't watch it anymore
0: okay no, there are some I, people our age man that love that shit
1: yeah, I, I I got out of it when Stone Cold, The Rock, like all those yeah. states, like when those people weren't relevant anymore, I kind of I kind of fell off, and then okay. like the new people, I'm like ah, I don't know about them. So, my brothers, my brother and my dad still watch from time to time, but like. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really watch it as much anymore. To be honest, I wouldn't judge you if you did. <laughs> no, I mean it's cool. I would tell you if I did or not, but yeah. I really, I really, well, don't have as much time, and it's not yeah. a priority. But also, I just really don't mesh with the people there anymore like that I used to watch. But to answer your question, the rock started that, but honestly, where it really started is rapping. So I'm from Atlanta. So if you guys have ever been to Atlanta or know about Atlanta, it's a lo- where a lot of rappers are from. So I realized that the more I was studying rappers like a young thug or a Gucci man or a Waka Flocka or, you know, Drake is a great example. Doesn't mean just because they're not, some of them are not the best rappers. Some of them don't even make sense. But the thing is, is that their brand is what made people want to listen to them. And so that made me just think about like branding as a whole. I was like, well, if you really think about it and look at all the sales tips, a lot of people are saying the same thing. There's not a lot of differences at the end of the day, but it's how you, deliver that message and it's how you present that to other people and your audience. And so that's what got me thinking about personal brand by seeing these other examples is that first of all, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. So you gotta have the results, but then once you have those, then you can build a brand off top of that.
0: Interesting. So one of the things that you wrote on your LinkedIn that I caught was I never wanted to create a personal brand in the first place. Cause I was afraid of what people would think of me. Did you have any fears as you were learning more about personal branding that came up that made you app? Cause he, yes, you're a very public person. And in order to have a personal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brand, like my understanding, cause I think about this stuff a lot. Like I have to be more public with mm. my, not only myself, but usually that means my opinions and my thoughts and beliefs. And it's going to subject me to more judgment, you know, from peoples. you, you feel like that gives you anxiety? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wrote a post a couple of days ago. That's, so funny. I get sweaty hands, man, sometimes, and yeah. it makes me really self-conscious when I have to shake a person's hand. Obviously I'm thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking yeah. about it as like, on a. I was doing an onsite with a client and I'm like meeting their entire team and they're introducing me to people. And I'm, and what I do now is if my hands are sweaty, I just own it. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. Hey, my hands are a little sweaty. I just gave a presentation fist bump, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But people wrote back on that post. It was so funny. Dude, I deal with that too. People were like private messaging me, like, hey, you should try this, this, and this. I'm glad you talked yeah. about this. And I'm like, it doesn't like paralyze me with fear necessarily, but like saying stuff like that, I'm like, I'm just going to be more open. I'd rather people know this about me and for it not to be a surprise and mm-hmm. to not have to think about it. But hell yeah, it makes me anxious to answer your question.
1: Yeah. So when I first started creating a brand, I was just, I never wanted to be on the forefront on the scene. That's just, it's not what I wanted. I always wanted to be behind the scenes. I just was like, yo, let me just do my thing. I really don't want it. I don't want all that pressure. I didn't didn't want it. Were you like that growing up too, as a kid? Yeah, I was. I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I would, I wanted to go play video games and just be in the background and like do my thing. Like that, that was what I wanted to do. Are you introverted? No, I'm not introverted. I'm, I'm, I'm extroverted. I'm extroverted, but I have introverted tendencies. So essentially, like, like if I speak in front of a large audience, I need time to be alone because I gave a lot of energy out. But I am essentially extroverted, but I, I have introverted tendencies to like be like, okay, I really don't want to talk to you right now because I just have been in front of a lot of people. So I need that. I need that time alone to restore my energy.
0: Okay, yeah. so you're like, hey, I'd rather be behind the scenes. So what? So what What made you decide, yeah, what switched? And if you could, if you don't mind digging to like, what were some of those fears that you had? Because I think a lot of reps have a fear around creating a personal brand Mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons, but I bet a lot of them are very similar.
1: Yeah. So one thing I, I realized I had a gift. I had a gift for public speaking and I had a gift of presenting information. And I had a gift to translate something and make it simple and when I realized I had that gift, I realized I can't just sit there and not do anything with it. If you have a God given gift and you reject it, it's just not gonna go well for you. So my thought process was like, okay, I need to capitalize on that. So that was a part of where I wanted to go into. And then also as well, something that someone told me when I, I was afraid of making videos and I was like, no, I'll just do written posts. Like I don't want to do videos. And what someone told me, they were like, Hey, like you need to stop being selfish. I was like, what are you talking about? And they are like, you're being selfish because you're afraid of what other people are thinking about you. But those people you're thinking about, they are not concerned about you. What you should be concerned about is the people that aren't being impacted because you're not making those videos. And so that was a, I know. Yeah. So it made me shift a lot in the way I thought about things. And I realized, okay, I gotta, I gotta put myself out there. And so I started making videos and, you know, I made over Two, three, four, five, five thousand videos at this point and i'm very very comfortable in making videos and I, and I can be in front of a camera and it's fine now but when i first started i was very nervous i was very apprehensive I, I didn't want i didn't want that spotlight because i knew as soon as i made the first video i would forever have a spotlight in anything that i do and i had to get comfortable in that and no i don't like what other people think about me i am definitely am Cautious of that. Again, I'd rather just do my thing, and it it is what it is. But I realized because I had that gift, I had to suck it up, and I had to put myself out there because there are a lot of people that can be motivated or inspired by what I say, and I I can't just sit behind the curtain and wait for something to happen. I have to go make that happen. And I am a person who who has that energy, who has to go out there and do that. And so that's what I realized. And yeah, it was tough. I mean, it's any type of fear that you have, you have to figure out like, why do you have it? And then you have to think about, okay, so because I'm not doing this, what am I preventing myself from really doing?
0: Yeah. It's, it's understanding like, Hey, I have this fear. Like it's a very normal feeling. It's it's kind of the internal, like I run through, but I love where you're going there. It's, it's what, like what people aren't learning and doing what they need to do. and, And could be getting help with this. Uh, like who isn't getting help because I'm not putting this message out. Yeah. That's a really interesting, very selfless way of looking at it. Where I'm not really, I'm doing this for me, but also, like, I'm doing this, and if I don't do this, there are a lot of other people that could really benefit from what I have to say. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something. You said gifts, and I think that this is something a lot of reps. I'm curious what you what you see too, because you <laughs> work with way more companies than we yeah. do in terms of volume and and, and talk a lot of uh, to a lot of reps. Do you see this challenge where people? on a rep level are kind of looking at it like, well, how am I different than all the other reps at our company? Like what makes me unique? Cause
1: mm-hmm. that
0: is your personal brand essentially, right? Like what makes you unique as a person? Yeah. Do you see that challenge where they're like, what makes me different? Like people have a hard time figuring out exactly what that is and what their gift is.
1: Yeah. So in terms of finding what their gift is or what makes them different to build an external brand,
0: May, are, are those different? I'm I lumping those into the same category. Maybe they're yeah. different.
1: Yeah. I, 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 see, I see them as different because the way you go building about an external brand is going to be, I think, different than what your gifts are, right? Because if you, let's say, if you have a gift for, for example, you're in sales, but you have a gift for, for photography or something like that, the gift of photography probably isn't going to correlate with your sales brand, right? But if you are good at photography, right? Maybe you can do something that, again, is outside of sales that can build your brand, right? Or maybe you can use Target for sales. Maybe you can. I don't know. But the thing is, like, I just see a, your gift and I see is building an external brand, two separate things, because sometimes you can be completely neglecting your gift and it's not even in sales. It's in something completely different. And so that's how I see it based on the question that you're asking me. But as I really think about it and what is the best way to differentiate yourself is you have to understand what are the things that you're uniquely good at in your organization. And there and there are certain things. Maybe you're really good at the phone. You're really good at emails. You're really good at creative ideas. You're really good at working with your AE. I think there's always a unique gift that you have, or no, unique skill set. That's what everybody would say. Unique skill set you have as a sales rep. Your gift could some it could be something that's not predicated to your sales role. It could be something completely different, which is a different conversation.
0: Yeah, which we don't have time for today. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but, but, but that's how, I mean, yeah. that's how, I mean, open to your thoughts. Yeah. Like that's how I see it. Like your gift sometimes doesn't have anything to do with your sales role. It could be something completely different.
0: I agree. And I disagree. I agree with the fact that they're not necessarily connected, but I think that they can be connected in a lot of ways. Be. No, they,
1: they could be for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, Cause I look at uh, what I notice. I have a, uh, Uh, what people have complimented me on at least is being, um, very good at articulating things that are pretty complex. Cause most of the time when I like the ultimate compliment I get when I'm doing a sales call or when I demo out something is someone being like, oh, that's really simple. I'm like, yeah, it should feel simple for you to like interpret and understand basically everything related to outbound. You know, it shouldn't be complicated. Um, so like that, I feel like is a is a gift. I feel like speaking is, a, a, is a, a gift for me. It's not something I've had to like work a lot on, like doing podcasts like this, videos, that kind of thing. But those happen to be things that are very correlated to what I do for a living. You know what I mean? So maybe a better way to talk about this is with your personal brand, let's talk about what it actually is and how, like what is a way someone can get started with this Using a tool like LinkedIn, for example, because you post so much stuff that I that I would like look at it and say that's on brand for Morgan. But like, can we dissect that a little bit? What What is a personal brand, and how do you go about like figuring out what your brand is? Is maybe a good yeah. place.
1: Like what? <laughs> I think yeah no. I think you have to figure out like what do you represent. I think that's the big thing. It's like you know I I have a continue continuous internal conversation with myself to figure out like if i'm posting something like what does that represent and i think it can change from time to time because because we change as people and so if i post something i want to be like okay quick hitters it's probably a video lots of energy i want to make sure that you see this is a very fun thing for you to do right like that's that's my whole goal is i want to make things fun I want to make things very simple for you, and they're more so tip oriented. I can not go deep if if I if I want to, but the the I just more hard I can do that as much as I'm going to give you the quick tips. And how I think about brand is this is the easiest way to think about it? Is think about the five to eight things that you like to talk about that you that you could comfortably talk about, like in confidence. So if you choose those five to eight themes, then you're gonna shine more because you're in that lane. So, you know, I don't talk about things like, hey, how do you scale a hundred million dollar business? I have no idea how to do that, right? So that's like that's not there. But if I if you ask me about prospecting, sure. If you ask me about frontline management, absolutely. You ask me about traveling, I got you. So you gotta figure out what are your five to eight themes that you could talk about comfortably if wherever you're at, and that will help you build that brand and start having those conversations. I think if you don't have those things, That's where things start falling apart and you're not having the good conversation that you need to be having.
0: Got it. So a certain part of it sounds like, uh, you know, being authentic to yourself and just look at it. Hey, what do I, what am I good at? Um, and is if part of that? Like the main, if we're looking at this as like maybe a circle within a bunch of circles and we look at the center of circle being, is that more stuff related to like what you sell? Maybe like your product or service and like your knowledge of that thing. Is that a part of what you're sharing in your brand? Because like a lot of your stuff, when I look yeah. at it, I would say two thirds of it's like tactical stuff, but the other third is like very motivational and very like yep. inspirational type of stuff that it relates to sales, but it could be related to a lot of other things too.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I I always believe if whatever content you're, that you're posting, it's going to predicate back to whatever you're selling at the end of the day. So obviously you want to make sure that your content's focused on that, but I just like to mix it up and show that, hey, I'm just trying to have fun. So some of the content that I have, it's, it's not related to motivation or any type of tactics at all. It's just, hey guys, like here's a new game I'm playing, right? Or hey, like here's, you know, one time I posted about my eye, right? Hey guys, I look like a pirate. And so that was completely off base I had nothing to do with my job. But the thing is like, I, I like to mix that in to show like, here are, here's the elements of me as a human. But, you know, I'm on this platform to give you all advice. Here's some advice. So it's just good to just mix that in, whether it's giving someone a shout out, giving some tactical advice. Maybe it could be a testimonial, could be something random, right? You want to give a good mix so people feel comfortable talking to you.
0: Yeah. And how do you st- uh, personal stories, um, how do you look at telling more of your story in the tips or the advice and things like that? Is that something you think about? Because I noticed a lot of your stuff is very like, when I was doing this or when I was in yeah. this role or this challenge I had, it's very, there's a, there's like a s- actual story there. It's not just like, hey, here's how you should use LinkedIn. Bam, 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 bam. And there is you know, time and place for that kind of stuff. But it does seem like you weave your story into almost everything that you do. Is that something you do like intentional or?
1: Yeah, it is intentional. Hmm. I just want people to know that I'm relatable and that I used to suck. Yeah. I think a lot. I think I know. But here's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people will yeah. see people on LinkedIn and they're like, oh, that person's been great all the time. And that's not the case. I am very blessed and fortunate that I'm 27 and all these things have happened to me. So it's been fantastic. But at the same time when I first started my SDR role, like I wasn't good at all. And when I made my first video, I didn't know what I was doing, right? When I did my first training, I hard I struggled. Like when I I've, I've been in sales for 4 to 5 years, I still continuously sometimes I'm like what am I doing? Like these are things that happen. I even made a post on brand. I think this no one's no one's talks about this because it's new now and everyone's fired up. But again, like I told you, I've been doing it for ten years. Right, just building a brand not not on just LinkedIn, but just all over the place. And like you lose yourself in building that brand, and you don't realize how it affects your personal life and affects other people that you interact with professionally. Like. It it has happened and it's something that I'm very cautious of because I think so much about the brand that I have to build that it conflicts with other people that I could be working, that I I am working with. And so these are things that that are happening that people don't talk about. It's like, what are the side effects of building a brand? Like there's a dark side in it as well. Not, no, yeah, there's great stuff that comes with it. But I think a lot of people talk about like what happens to you when you build a brand because there are a lot of like trigger human nature and psychology triggers that happen. When you build a brand, you have to be very cautious of. And so, you know, when I go about and building it, yeah, I'm very mindful of the stories that I tell because I want people to know that I wasn't always just like killing it on the phone or whatever. I want people to know like, no, I wasn't good at this. I wasn't good at this, but it makes you more relatable and people can be like, okay, well, if you weren't good at one point and you, this is where you are now, it gives me hope to do that. Nobody likes, Nobody likes following people that Don't have some type of come up story or didn't struggle because then you're going to be like, Oh, that person's always been great. So I can't do that. So I'm not, you're not relatable to me anymore.
0: Dude, there's so much to unpack that you just said. (laughs) There's a Uh, a lot. The uh, one, I, I love that. Like you, one thing I love about your content is you're so approachable. Uh, like I don't too look at your fault. stuff
1: to a fault as I interrupt you because sometimes I, I think I'm too approachable in the airport and people want to talk to me and I'm just like I really just want to go to sleep so it's amazing yeah. that I, I see him approachable but in the airport don't approach me please I'm trying to go to sleep so <laughs> yeah if
0: you see Morgan in the airport leave him <laughs> like, the fuck alone please yeah, like he's please. probably running on a little sleep <laughs>
1: don't talk to me, man like um, I seem just too approachable but no it's a good thing right I'm, I'm just I'm just messing
0: yeah, and I think that really comes back to this theme of like you know, what is personal brand and how can we, like, how do we use this in sales? Because we talked about at the very beginning, how from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. at least my perspective, your brand is, is very much in line from outward appearances, at least yeah. with who you are personally. God, there's so much that I want to dig into with what you shared there, but I want to make sure before we run out of time, cause people do want, you know, some, some of the <laughs> tactic type stuff from LinkedIn and you were like, uh, I hate using the word guru, so I'm not going to use that because I think the age of the sales guru is, is like dead (laughs) because you are actually doing this stuff. You're not like on this high top, like, oh yeah, do this. Like you're doing this stuff yourself. What are, what are like two or three tips for how to leverage your LinkedIn, like your personal brand on LinkedIn, whether that be through Mm -hmm. voice, I know is a big thing right now. Video is a new thing. Like what are two or three tips that you have for someone on how they can leverage their personal brand on LinkedIn to like set appointments?
1: Yeah, so some of you guys may know this, some of you may not, so this might be something helpful, something may not be helpful, or something that you know to do and you're not doing it. So here you go. So if you go to someone's LinkedIn profile, if you're first or second degree connected, right, this is how you leverage your brand, go and look at their activity. And what people look at normally is like, oh, what are they posting? They're not active. It's like, no, no, don't look at what they're posting. Look at what they're liking and commenting. And sometimes by looking at what they're liking and commenting, you'll notice that there are people that in your network that they've liked and commented on. And then you can use that as a way to reach out. I did that a lot as a rep. I would just look out and be like, oh, okay. What are they liking and commenting on? Oh, well, that's a company that we work with. Oh, that's a person that we just recently be- was recently a client. Those are things to pay attention to. So that, right off the gate, that's a way to do it.
0: And then you ask for an intro for the Pers- from you, the person, you can,
1: that- you can, if you know them, or you can just use that to prospect, right? You can use that as a screenshot. You can use that on a uh, call. You can use that in an email, right? Hey, saw that you liked this, this post and then have a conversation around it. Cool. Right. That's so pretty- that's one thing there.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool, man.
1: And then a second one is leads that follow your company. All right. I've been, I've been saying this a multitude of times. This is super simple. If you have LinkedIn sales navigator, you can use this. If you don't, you're out of luck. So, <laughs> LinkedIn Sales Navigator. If you got it, pay attention. If you don't have LinkedIn Sales Navigator, go complain to your boss to get this because this is a massive opportunity. So, what you need to do is go search for leads. Go type in your job titles. Right, you know those. I would type in like sales leader, sales enablement, whatever. You guys know what your job titles are. Go do that. Then, when you search for your leads, if you notice in LinkedIn Sales Navigator, there's there's tabs that say "See All Results," "Change Jobs in 90 Days." Have your prospects to mention the news. Cool. So now what you're going to do? Is you're going to scroll all the way to the right, and on the right you'll see leads that follow your company. So for people that are trying to build a brand, this is where I'm going to give you a combo, right? This is going to tip number three. So, and I just told a rep to do this, and they scheduled two meetings off of it. So this isn't something I'm just randomly telling you. Like I told someone this advice, and it worked. So if you want, if you want meetings, listen. If you want to just chill, do your thing. So, leads that follow your company, go there, connect with all those people. They follow your company, so those are easy connects. And while you're building your brand, you're also building a pipeline. So then once you've got all those people accepted, then you wait two days, all right? You can wait a week if you want to, but I always suggest wait two days. Don't hit up all these people, hit up five to 10 people, and then follow up with that with a video or a voice message, all right? If you first agreed to connect with someone, you can do a video or a voice message. The voice message, Keep it between 45 to 55 seconds, the formula for those of you guys who are taking notes here, 10, 30 to 10. First 10 seconds, I'm getting your attention. That means I found something on your website. I found something on your LinkedIn. It's just a trigger or some type of insight right there to get your attention in the first 10 seconds. Then 30 seconds is the value proper, of the attention grabber. That's essentially your elevator pitch. And then the last 10 seconds is your call to action. <clears throat> so what do you want them to do at the end of the day? So you take that 10-30-10, which is 50 seconds, and then you would implement that same 10-30-10 to the video. If you want to make it longer, you just follow the same formula. Your video should be less than 90 seconds. So if you want to schedule meetings, those are three things on LinkedIn I would suggest to do. Um, there's, deep, there's deeper things there that you can do, but just like tactical things you can do like right now, like those are things you can go out there and do.
0: So in the connection request, do you recommend having text in the connection request or leaving it completely blank?
1: In the connection request, so I would, there's different ways of going about it. You can keep it blank if you're targeting people that are in IT, data, security. We've seen a higher response there. If it is outside of that, make it personalized. Just don't say, I'd like to connect with you. Like that's not personalized. Like say like, hey, for example, this is one of mine. Hey, we give sales training to sales reps that's focused on skills. And with those skills, we help them overcome objections and have strong cold calls. And then if you were to accept my goal with you, my goal, my goal would be to chat with you in those areas. Oh, Boom.
0: okay. So you're so, very straightforward in the connection. I'm very direct. I'm very direct because
1: I'm like, cause like, yeah, if you accept me, then you can't be like, Oh, why am I getting pitched? It's like, what do you mean?
0: Yeah. Like, one other there, little yo. thing that I've noticed, and cause I'm really fascinated with the user experience on the receiving end of prospecting. And one thing, on the app at least, I don't know if it's on the desktop, but when you go to accept a connection request and it has a message, yeah, it only shows the first line of the text. So it'll say, hey, Jason. So uh, what I've been uh, telling people to do is not to have a paragraph break after the hey, Jason part, so they can yeah. see part of the text so it doesn't blend in with everything. And that seems to be hmm. working really well to get the yeah, connection. I, I right write it, yeah, I write
1: it all as one line. It's yeah. a really good point. It looks
0: more organic that way too. So. Yeah. I think a really big takeaway from that is you're very forward, it's about why you wanna connect. So there's not this like connect and just dump a bunch of shit on the, on the prospect kind you know of feeling. You know it's coming. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, so then you wait 48 hours, you follow that up with voice or video, um, love that. Is there at any point you take it to the phone?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take it to the phone. In the role that I'm in today, it's a lot harder for me to make the cold calls as I like to, just because I'm traveling, I have all day sessions, but I definitely will take it to the phone. I'm not afraid of the phone, is still, it's alive and well. I believe that, you know, we're, we have, we're still doing webinars on it, right? So like, and we had, I think, 3K signups for cold calling. So it's not dead if 3K people signing up for it. So it's a real thing. So I think it's something to pay attention to there.
0: Yeah, because that's a play I see working really well right now too, is like you start the engagement on LinkedIn. As soon as you get a response of some sort, like immediately calling the person, because yeah. they already know who you are. It, I mean, we have an advantage. We post a lot of content on LinkedIn, so when I cold call someone, I'm really intentional about making sure it's someone that like liked something that I posted or commented or messaged yeah. me, and then it's like a really warm call, uh, dude. Those are some really, really money plays. Is there usually what I do at the end is ask for like your favorite outbound plays? Did you already share one of your favorites, or do you have another one that you personally like doing, or another one that you see working really well?
1: All right, I got another one. <laughs> This one, this one, I've only been doing this for two weeks. So this one's like real time and I've been sharing with people and people have been getting fired up about it and I've been getting results. So, you know, it is what it is. So I call it, I (laughs) call it, yeah, (laughs) if you want to use it, it's cool. Like if not, like that's my thing. Like if you want to use it, go ahead. If not, it's completely fine. Like we're all still going to do it. I tell people about the voice message. People are like, oh man, it doesn't work. I'm like, all right, cool. Every week I'm going to post a result from somebody. And now all of a sudden, everybody wants to know about the voice note. I'm like, I've been telling y'all for this for like a year. You know, it's, it's everyone wants to see the results though. So the new thing that I'm doing is the one question email.
0: Ooh, what's the one question email?
1: Literally, all I, do is, all I do is ask a question. First email in the outbound campaign, all I do is ask you just a question. So an example would be if I was reaching out to you, Jason, I'd be like, Jason, are your reps afraid of the phone? That's it. Hmm.
0: And what did people respond with?
1: Uh, I mean, some people respond yes. You know, uh, some people, they are
0: petrified of the yeah. phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, some some people will give me like you know a good answer. Um, but, but again, it's it's been two weeks in. It's like first emails fifty-seven percent open rate, five percent reply rate. I think I can. I think I definitely make that better if I have a better question. I got to figure it out. And then, or So you're just trying to reason, start a
0: conversation through email. That's it. That's, that's it. I, but think
1: about it through text form. If you read that email, that's all, it's just like a text. You don't know me, but if it sparks some type of interest and it's an emotional state, you might be like, huh, and they give an answer. Now I'm still playing with it, but I've had other clients doing it and they're getting responses and they're in, what space are they in? They're in the financial space. And they're asking questions. I trained a couple the other day in the security last week and they said they're going to try it out. So I'll have more results because I've been just telling people, yo, go try this out. Uh, but on myself, I have gotten people to respond. And then when they do respond, someone responds, yes, I'll make a video and explain why I asked the question. But if they don't answer the question on that first email, then that follow up email that I have on top of that is just a email that just basically goes, the reason for my question is, and then I tell you the value prop on top of that.
0: What I like about this approach too is it relies a lot on your personal brand too, because people inevitably, I imagine, are going to go to your guys' website and they're going to go to your LinkedIn profile. And if they see like you're a credible dude, that's, you know, that usually has a pretty big impact on yeah. whether someone replies or not. So, uh, dude, those are money uh, outbound plays right there. So we're out of time now, Morgan. I appreciate you coming on, man. This is, I'm glad we got to talk about stuff that's, a little more personal in terms of like your journey and the yeah. personal branding stuff makes a lot more sense to, to people now, I think Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, terms of, sure. uh, this isn't something you just did overnight. Uh, this has been like a decade long journey. So I appreciate you sharing that, man, before you take off, what's the best place for people to connect with you and follow your work and, and what do you want people to check out?
1: yeah I'm best place to go is hit me up on LinkedIn that's where I'm the most responsive just Morgan J. Ingram if you have I any interest if you like look at it from sales training com. that's where we're at but those are really the two places that I'm posted up at SCR Chronicles we're, we're, we're still out there but main place to really connect with me is Morgan J. Ingram on LinkedIn
0: and not in person at the airport you guys if you
1: can <laughs> I mean you can say what's up but I'm just gonna be extremely tired because I'm normally just exhausted at that point yeah
0: <laughs> all right cool dude appreciate you coming on man
1: all right, man, appreciate it.
0: That was a really fun interview. I'm glad I got to talk to Morgan Moore. I've really only talked to him the uh, first time we met when he was here in Austin. We spent a couple hours talking, but we didn't really talk like about a ton of work-related stuff. So it was really good to talk to him about personal branding and how he approaches that, because he does it the best, in my opinion, from anyone out there in our field. My biggest takeaway from the interview was how he looks at, I mean, he's so tactical with LinkedIn, but one of the things that I thought was really cool is how he uses his brand to connect with people and then to look at their activity instead of what they're posting. That's something that I wanna try with our clients here at Blissful Prospect, and I think it's gonna work really well. And what someone is liking and commenting on is probably gonna give you a better sense of what's important to them anyways, because a lot of people don't post a lot of content on LinkedIn. So again, make sure to check out the show notes at blissfulprospecting.com slash two for links on how you can connect with Morgan and also just a summary of this episode. But one other thing I'd love for you to do is leave a quick review on the show and subscribe to the podcast if you dug it. Let us know what you think. And the goal here is to keep growing this so we can get more awesome guests like Morgan on. And thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check out these interviews every Tuesdays. And then we do a daily show monday wednesday thursday and friday with more short three to five minute actionable tips so make sure to check those out and i'll see you next time